0: today's new world order where the kids all going to school on their kitchen tables only seeing their friends on a video screen playing basketball alone I wonder what this reduction will steal from their psyche I wonder if as their world contracts condenses I wonder if their dreams if they'll grow smaller as well or or, like a diamond under pressure, do those dreams, our dreams, our intentions, do they become even more beautiful, more expansive, more paradigm shifting, in short? Is all of this the cocoon for the butterfly? Let's explore. From Snap Judgment, six feet of isolation lair we we'll probably present Deep dive. Deep dive. Amazing stories from people going all in. My name is from Washington. Know this. Butterflies are everywhere. When you're listening, 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 listening to Snap Judgment. Snap Judgment. episode One day Heidi Shen she walked into the newsroom of her local public radio station and Heidi had a story idea snap judgment
1: And what's the story exactly
2: so the story was about henyos. The locals in Korea actually sometimes call them mermaids. And, and you know, they're elderly, like in their 60s and 70s and 80s. So, so they're like grannies. They scour the ocean for things like abalone and conch and seaweed. And they're actually like plunging to the ocean's floor, diving down there without any gear. Why are you attracted to this story? Yeah, my mom had told me stories about the mermaids when I was growing up. Um, I actually grew up in New York on uh, Long Island. There was this one time we were like digging for clams on um, in the bay near our house. My mom said, oh, I feel just like a henyo. And uh, that's when she first told me about these divers. And what did she say about them? Just what amazing women they were. I think I was like thinking about the henyos like as as these women like diving into the ocean with their long hair waving behind them. <laughs> I thought that these women seemed pretty
1: magical. The editors Heidi pitched to, they thought it could be a pretty magical story too. They gave her the green light. But now...
2: Now, if I'm actually going to do what I said I wanted to do, I'd have to go to this island called Jeju-do. It's it's way off the coast of South Korea, over 7,000 miles away from where I lived in Boston.
1: And did you have any... Doubt, like self-doubt? Yeah, I had
2: some real fears. I mean, not just fears about, like, how to use this new microphone, but I i had these fears about whether I even had it in me anymore.
1: Heidi left her day job when she had her first baby. And while she loved being a full-time mom, after her first year, she started to feel like she was losing part of herself.
2: In Korea, after you have a kid, they often call you 누구와 누구 which means so-and-so's mom. And, you know, it's it's kind of like you don't have a first name anymore. And, you know, on
1: some days, to tell you the truth, I felt a little like this. Now, with this assignment, Heidi was going to be leaving her kid for the first time.
2: I had actually made, like, all these lists for my husband before before I left. It was things like... Oh, you know, when you peel an orange, make sure you get all the white bits off. Or, you know, when you try to strap her into the car seat, make sure you bring, like,
1: not one, but you need two toys. As Heidi was gearing up for the trip, she realized she needed a local guide. Someone to help her navigate, to book hotels. Someone to help talk to the henios. But it's public radio. I don't have the budget for this, so I have this brilliant idea.
2: I can bring along my mom. My mom had actually been this like television and media personality in Korea um, before I was born. But when she was pregnant with me, she had given up that work.
1: So you were like, she's going to be good at this because she has experience in the field. She knows what it's like to be a journalist.
2: Yeah, she's got all this experience. She's
1: going to be helpful. Did you have any reservations?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Of course. Like anyone, anyone who knows my mom, like knows she has like a pretty big personality, and um, she has lots of big ideas. And when she gets an idea in her head, like nothing is gonna stop her.
1: But you still wanted to bring her. I didn't have that
2: many options. Like, like I like I needed her to make this trip happen.
1: Was she cool with that?
2: Yeah.
3: Always you said, I'm busy, 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 and you didn't call me. But uh, I was so happy. So, a
2: few months later, we arrive. My mom and I, we land on Jeju Island. We had only three and a half days on the island. And what did you have to do in those three days? So we had to go out to sea with the divers, see them haul their catch, tour their boathouse, visit the marketplace, meet with the honey researchers, talk to local congressmen, interview a retired diver. And
1: I had to get all this done so I could go home to see my kid. Day one on Jeju Island. The birds are chirping. Vendors are hawking their wares. There are these magnificent cliffs that just suddenly like plunge right into
2: the ocean and there are all these like winding curvy paths you can take along the shore and there are colorful little villages you know all in different
1: like faded colors of paint and Heidi's mom she's picking lint off her sweater correcting her grammar telling her to sit up straighter She she's like actually shows me like where my shoulders should be honestly at first
2: like, I'm just, I'm just so used to it. I just rolled my eyes. Like, it's kind of grating, you know, but it's just, that's who she is. That's what it's like. But then the hotel thing, like, when I discovered that she's booked us a hotel, which is, like, totally on the wrong side of the island, so far from where the divers are, they had given me this map, and I'm taking the map, and I'm taking this marker, and I'm like, big circle. Like, this is where the hotel is. Like, big circle. This is where the divers are. Like, this doesn't make any sense, mom. You know, I, I'm pretty upset at this point. She's like, well, we, you know, we've already paid for it in full. She says the hotel she picked, it has like the best golf course. She goes, y- you just you just wait and see. Does she even golf? No, no, she doesn't even golf. No, she doesn't golf.
3: Hotel so beautiful. 바로 옆에 골프 코스 있고 한라산 보이고 맛있는 거 많고. You remember that
2: waterfalls? You forgot? <laughs> <laughs> 같이 안 갔나, 거기? Oh my gosh! M- yeah, she'll tell you about it. She'll tell you about the waterfalls. She really, she was obsessed with the waterfalls.
1: And then. Heidi's mom tries to sign them up for a submarine tour. She, she
2: actually tries to convince me I might see some divers through the window.
1: It's day two. Heidi's mom actually goes on the submarine tour. Heidi does not. I made a lot of phone calls
2: home, like, to my husband in the middle of the night, like, saying, like, what, what am I doing here? Like, why Why did I bring her here? I had come halfway around the world, um, and I had left for this adventure, and I had left my, my daughter behind. If something happened, it would take me 26 hours to fly home. I'm picturing, you know, one of those hourglasses with the sand in it. And the,
1: the sand is just like seeping. It's, come, it's seeping down to the bottom. But her mom is back in time to translate for Heidi's afternoon interview with a local congresswoman. Heidi sets up her gear and finds a quiet place to sit.
2: And I asked my first question, which is like, um, you know,
1: what, what do you think
2: about overfishing on the island? And then and then I turn to my mom um, to translate. And my mom just looks at me and she says like, oh no, go ahead, go ahead, your, your Korean's good enough. And then like... In that moment, like I was furious. I was furious but it's like, but what am I going to do? Because like I don't like, I don't want to be like, "Mom, come on," like in front of the Congresswoman. I got through the interview. I fig- I didn't know the word for overfishing, but I like, I figured I figured it out. We we made it through the interview. And then she kind of looked really proud and she just said like, "You did such a great job." So we make it to day three on Jeju Island and this is like, this is the big day, the one that I have been waiting for. We are going to get on a boat and go out to sea. I'm up way before the sun and I check all my gear and then I put it away and then I can't sleep so I check it again and and then, then it's time to go. I'm sitting in the taxi. I'm like checking the time. I'm checking the traffic. I think I'm not gonna miss this boat. And then my mom emerges running from the hotel with a handful of roasted sweet potatoes.
3: Ah, uh, you have to have a breakfast every morning. Always, are saying, "I'm busy. I'm busy." 좀 독성 예쁜 딸이 아무것도 안 먹고 도망가니까
2: 싸주고 싶은데 아 참. Like, she'd sweet-talked the kitchen staff into giving her these sweet potatoes. She had this big, oversized purse, and so she had a bunch in there, too. I refused to eat them. My stomach was growling. And just, like, on the principle of it, I was like, I'm not going to eat those. And I'm, like, gnawing on these, like, old, stale granola bars. (laughs) Finally, we get to the dock and we get out of the taxi. And as I open the door, what a scene. Gosh. There are about a dozen elderly women inside, you know, in their 60s and 70s, one even in their 80s, and they're, they're changing into wetsuits. And it is rowdy. It is so rowdy. They were shouting so loudly. I thought they were angry, but then we we meet
4: Kyungjae.
2: She's the leader of the pack. She she comes up to me. She explains to me what's going on. They're hard of hearing. Um, it's because of all that water pressure in their ears from the years of diving. And uh, she goes, "Yeah, and this is this is just bathhouse life," she says. They're like mostly, they're mostly complaining about their husbands and their doctor's bills. So then I start to pull out my gear. I'm going to start my interviews. My mom is sitting behind me and she's peeling her sweet potatoes. She's literally feeding me them, like out of her hand.
1: Literally with her hands, put sweet potato in your mouth? Literally, yeah. And um, I'm like
2: trying to push the sweet potatoes away. And then when she starts brushing my hair, I'm, I'm holding this microphone, waiting for an answer from one of the divers I'm interviewing. And my mom, she's, she's digging into my scalp and, and my headphones almost fell off. At that point, I was like mad enough to like like slam the record button, like the pause button on my recorder. I was like, I don't want anyone ever know about how mad I was, like, right, how, how this was going to go down. I was, like, I slammed the stop, like, the pause button, and I just turned around, and I said, and I told her, like, I was, like, stop it. I was, like, stop brushing my hair. And then, and then I, I, I gathered up my hair into, like, sort of this, this, this bun, <laughs> this messy bun, and I had this, like, hair tie on my wrist, and I just, like, wrapped it up, and it was kind of, like, there, you're, like, you're not going to touch it now. <laughs> We board this industrial old blue fishing boat. The motor starts to pick up speed and then and then the women start to gear up. You know, they put in their earplugs, they put on their wet masks and their goggles and their gloves and and soon soon all you can see is this are these little wrinkled faces. And they're 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 peering out of these sleek black and orange wetsuits like which turn, like, such contrast to all the folds in their skin. The engine comes to a stop, and my mom and I, we we are in such awe. The women make their way to the edge of the boat. They put one leg over the side, and then the other. And and Kyungja she tells me, like, oh, yeah, some days when it's really cold, like, I think to myself, like, why am I a
4: hanyo? She literally
2: says, like, what am I doing here? And then she changes her mind. She sits over here. And then finally she just tells herself, I got to do this. The divers, they plunge feet first into the water, and they swim down like 60, 65 feet deep. They wear these weighted belts around their waist. Um, They're made of these round, heavy stones, and it helps them actually sink, like, all the way to the ocean's floor.
4: When they resurface, they, they
2: actually, they whistle. Yeah, it sounds like this, like, kind kind of like dolphins. It, It releases the carbon dioxide in their lungs. It's just surreal watching them, you know. It's almost like some kind of performance, because, like, over here you see one diver go under, but over there you see another coming out. They're just like, there's this chorus of orange buoys all around you bobbing up
1: and down. Were you afraid that one of them, like, wasn't going to come back up or something?
2: I was too nervous to be afraid. Once you're out there, you just have to believe that everyone is going to be okay. So then then the captain of the ship tells me and my mom it's time to head back to shore um, because the divers will die for another four hours or so we can we can wait for them back on shore and then he invites us to take the afternoon boat out to
1: see what they've caught and they're just swimming for four hours without a boat with their weighted belts yeah yeah
2: well, they're they're in the middle of the ocean this is a- boat pulls away, like in the distance, I see the divers and their buoys, and they're getting smaller and smaller, and I'm, I'm just holding onto the guardrail, and I'm looking out at the sea, and the ocean, the ocean just feels so vast.
0: What happens after Heidi and her mom head back to shore? Find out from Snap Judgment. The deep dive episode continues. Stay tuned. Support for Snap Judgment comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? To learn more, visit odoo.com slash snap. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash snap. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies. Milli Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan, and his producers Frank Ferian and Ingrid Sagiv. This podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young black artists. Binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, ad free right now on Wondery Plus. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the deep dive episode last we left, Heidi Shin and her mom were on a boat headed back to the shore of Jeju Island. Snap Judgment.
2: So we get back to the docks and my mom, she just can't stop talking like, to anyone who will listen. This is my daughter. She's a reporter. She's doing a story about the Hanyas. She tells the waitress at the restaurant where we're eating lunch, and then she tells uh, a group of guys who are fishing on the dock, and then she even tells this police officer, he's like, tell me more, and my mom's going on and on, and and he's like, so what time did you go out? And she says, oh, 8 a.m., oh, it was was a blue boat, yeah, yeah, no, no, we weren't in diving suits, the officer starts scribbling notes. He actually invites us into the police station to tell him more. We're in a police station, right? I'm not sure what's going on. My mom just can't stop talking. And I'm just like, oh, I, can barely, I can barely look at her at this point. And, and, she, and then he's making phone calls. And he's saying, yeah, there's this reporter
1: here. Yeah, she's she's from America. Turns out it's illegal to go on the boat with the henios. Heidi didn't realize there's a whole registration process you have to go through to do it legally. So she gets detained. I just
2: remember, like, slumping into my seat, like, feeling really embarrassed. Feeling like, like, why can't she stop talking? Like, you've done enough. Please stop. So literally she starts saying, like, oh, have you ever, like, have you ever been to America? <laughs> like, and then she's like, oh, you know, we're from New York. You know, if you, if you ever come to New York, maybe like you could visit us. And I'm just like, like totally cringing. I really, really wanted to get back on the boat. And I didn't know what I had to say to get us back on the boat. And I felt like whatever my mom said didn't feel like it was working. And I noticed there's another young officer. He's sitting behind the counter. and he looks up and he says to me, "So you're doing a story about Hanyo's?
1: And yeah, I say." And then he says, "My mom was a." Hanyo. Heidi's been recording this whole time. She gets closer to the officer to catch him on
4: tape.. <laughs> And, you know,
2: back then, when he was a kid, it wasn't the kind of thing you're really proud of. Like, you would never tell the other kids at school, even, like, that your mom was a diver. The work was actually kind of thought of as risque, and a lot of the women were single moms. They dove because they, they needed to work. They needed the money. And then the police officer makes the call. He lets us out of the station. Well, he says I can go back out on the boat, but not my mom. I don't really ask any questions. So look, I just race out of there. I head out to the boat to meet the captain. And while we were being detained, the divers, they were diving the entire time.
4: You know, you,
2: you'd think they'd be exhausted, but... They climb onto the boat with these huge nets, like too large for one person to carry. And the nets are full of things like dangling octopus legs and silky seaweed and these shimmering conch shells. And the women's faces are like wincing and their muscles are straining. And and the boat picks up speed to head back to shore and the women, they, they just get right to work. And they're like, they're picking up the octopus and... They're, I, I, don't, I don't totally know like, what the criteria, but they're like, hey, this one's not going to sell, and then that one goes into the sea, and um, there's just pieces, there's just seafood flying. And then on deck, they pull off their swim caps, and they put on these sun bonnets, you know. They're, like, these pretty floral ones. There's plaid ones. There's one with red polka dots, even. And they're the kind with these, you know, really wide brims and a little strap that, you know, ties under your neck. Like, they suddenly just transformed into little old ladies again. At this point, um, I, I find Kyungja. She's, remember, she's the leader of the pack. And, um... <laughs> she, she invites me over to her place. <laughs> she's pushing this rickety old stroller, um, and inside, you know where the baby goes? She's, she's got this big mound of seaweed.
4: She sings this old henyo song along the way.
2: It's about heading home after a long day of diving. And then it's about the second shift. You know, she'll have to go home and nurse her babies now and feed her family. So we get to our house, and her eight year old granddaughter comes running out to see us. And Kyungja starts to hang her wetsuit on a clothesline. And then she pillows out like, hey, who didn't do their laundry? Whose dirty socks are these? We hear this voice kind of mumble from inside the house. And, and Kyungja says, "Ah, oh, that's my granddaughter. She's 16. And, and then we hear this voice from inside going, grandma, I'm 17. So Gyeongja and I, we, we find a quiet place to talk, and I pull out my recording gear again. And she tells me all about the economic structure of this diving collective.
4: 70 years ago, now... And
2: she also tells me why women make better divers than men. But she sounds so tired in all our explanations. M- my mom is sitting behind me at this point, and she's, she's drinking a cup of tea, like that. She, she fidgets and she keeps clattering the, the, the cup like against a saucer like very very loudly <laughs> and and I turn around and I like I dart these looks at her and I put my fingers to my lips like shh and I apologize to Kyungja I hold up my microphone again I say oh would you mind repeating that answer each time, she sounds more and more tired. Finally, I just give up. Like, this isn't working. At that point, my mom looks up and she says, It's so hard when your kids want you to retire, isn't it? Changja's face changes. She starts to talk and her emotion is real. So I turn the recorder back on.
4: 있는데, 그만하, 그래. Kyungjae,
2: she says, Oh yeah, my daughter? Yeah, she totally, she tells me to stop. Like, stop this diving business. You should be at home resting. But if I just stayed at home, I totally get depressed. Like, in, in our diving group, get this, we have an 81-year-old Henyo. And when I see her, I'm like, yeah, I can do that too. This is this is what we needed to finish the story. The funny thing is, like you know, this entire trip, I was thinking, like, why did I bring my mom along? And then, like, here she is. She asked like just the right question, you know. I and when my mom asked that question, I think she was actually just curious. 내가 할 일이
3: 그렇게 가지면서.
2: You know, like, when she when she was working, when she was at work, like, there was a side of her that, that came to life that, like, I wouldn't see anywhere else. Like, she was really good at her work. She was really good at her job. Like, you know, she was about the same age as Kyungja, and, like, my brother and I had been nagging my mom to retire for a few years now. I think she had been thinking about it, but it was, it was a hard thing for her to think about. I think she was literally just saying, like, what do you think I should do?
3: <sighs> My mom
2: said she wished she could have done both well. Like, she wanted to be a good parent. She wanted to be, you know, she wanted to do well at her work, but she felt like she never figured it out. Like, she, mm. she never figured out how to do both well. Yeah, I actually, I didn't know till, like, the moment she turned to me and said that. Like, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, she was really hard on herself. On the flight home to the U.S., I'm exhausted, and I really, I really want to take a nap. But my mom keeps waking me up whenever the beverage cart comes by. So, since I can't sleep, I figure I'll take the last few hours of quiet on the plane. Like to pull out my laptop and do some work. So I listen to the recordings I've gathered, and this is what I hear. 네. 이제 이제 Gyeongja says that on the days they would bleed, the stains would show on their white diving suits, standing right down to their white rubber shoes. Over time, the women, they didn't stop diving. They they just started to wear brown diving suits instead and they dove at nine months pregnant and they went back to work when their newborns were just a few days old they would bundle the babies and then put them by this warm fire pit on the beach and they would come back whenever the babies needed to nurse like these women they they just seemed unstoppable I had really romanticized them before I went. And then I got on that boat and I was like, oh, man, this is like hard work. Well, actually, the moment I stepped into the bathhouse, I was like, they're loud. For me, like, it was this discovery. Like, I'd watched films about them before. And I was like, they were not loud. (laughs) Like in the films I watch, there's like beautiful symphonies playing. (laughs) But then you see them up close and the work is so hard. It's like they just keep putting one foot in front of the other.
0: Special thanks to Heidi's husband, Wes, for holding down the fort and making this happen. To her mom, shout out to mama. Shout out to mamas everywhere. And of course, to Heidi's daughter for being an all-around awesome kid. Go to our website, snapjudgment.org, for a link to Heidi's story about Henyo, which aired on Public Radio International's The World the summer of 2015. The original score for that story was by Renzo Gorio, It was produced by Heidi Shin and Shayna Sheely. happen again. I know it's crazy, right? But if you missed even a moment, get the amazing Snap Judgment Podcast, where take someone's life story, fold it into a narrative, mix it with music and spices and the dancing, snap pixie dust, and put all of that into your pocket for you to enjoy whenever, wherever you want. I ask you, if that is not magic, friends, what is? The Snap Podcast, source where you can use to fight your own Voldemort, pass it on, subscribe because someone's story might change a life and change mine. And if you know that love and life are made from stories, go to our Patreon and show the world you shine bright like a snap of support. Storytelling with soul, with heart. Storytelling with love. Support them in these dark days. Support them by getting a snap sticker or a mug or both. Snap judgment. Snap is brought to you the team that knows if you're gonna go for a deep dive off a of South Korean island, best to put on your bathing suit first. Yes, everyone at Snap Judgment appreciates this reality. Everyone except for the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich. There's Anna Sussman running on wet concrete. You should know better. We have the lifeguard Pat Masini Miller, slippery. Lindsay Dorio, slidy. John Facile, Shana, splash. Sheely. Liz, Water Gun Mac, Cannonball, versus Dodge, Nika, High Dodge Sing, Eliza Can't Swim Sniff, Aqua Woman, Laura Newsom, Tail, The Dog, Cot. Flow Bubbles Wiley. Red Rover, Red Rover. Send Nancy Lopez over. And Marion Concession Stand wearing the red hat is Leon Morimoto. This is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, when you're a little tight, your mother can tell you you can be anything you want. Only after you practice and practice and get bloodier and more beat up does your older brother tell you. No, dummy. You never fly with your ears. That was just a movie. Yes, all that could and did happen and you would still, still, not be as far away from news as this is. But this is PRX. Oh, 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 oh,